Hello and welcome to the Dragons Are Real podcast. So today I'm going to have a look at a D100 RPG. What is D100? Well, it's a system that uses a percentile dice, also called a D100. There are two dice, one representing the tens and one representing the units, and that gives a result anywhere between 1 and 100 or 0 and 99, depending on the system you are using. Chaosium is one of the most well-known of the publishers that uses the D100 system, and they use it in their basic role-playing system. Uh, they also use it in their Cthulhu line, uh, and there are several other companies that have been making more simplified versions of uh, a D100 system. Uh, probably the most well-known of these is OpenQuest. Now, the way a D100 system works is that you have an attribute or a skill, which is a percentage and all you have to do is roll under or equal to that percentage to achieve what you set out to do. And this is quite intuitive. If you've got a 70% skill in stealth, you know you are very stealthy. However, if you've got a 10% skill in persuasion, you know that most of the time you're not going to achieve your role. So for working out what you're good at and what you're not good at for your character is very easy with a D100 system. Now, some D100 systems use lots of skills and Especially with the basic role-playing game, you can make the game as crunchy as you want, and it's more of a toolkit where you can bolt on. So today, I'm going to look at Hack 100. This is free, available from hack100rpg.com. It claims to be a simple, flexible D100 gaming. It claims that characters can be created in minutes, and the vast majority of in-game actions are covered by around a dozen rather than dozens of skills. It's very flexible, uh, it's a generic system that is suitable for most genres. So let's dive into Hack 100. Now, Hack 100 is released under a Creative Commons share alike license. So you can rip this game apart, use it to your own uses, add to it, take away from it. And as long as you use the Creative Commons share alike license, you can use this for your own games and you can even sell your own games. As always, there's an introduction onto what is a role playing game and explaining the D percentile system. So let's have a look at character creation and see if it says what it does on the tin. So first of all, you write a single sentence and describe your character's background and their motivation. Then you roll 2d10 plus 20% for each of the character's 10 abilities. Then you add a further 20% to one ability and 10% to one other ability. Your abilities are Strength, Agility, Stealth and Toughness under the Physical. Under Mental, you've got Perception, Reasoning, Influence and Willpower. And under Combat, you've got Melee and Range. Besides having an associated value, each of these abilities has a bonus, and that is equal to its tens value. So, for example, if your Strength is 32, your Strength bonus is 3. Besides your abilities, you also have Specialisms. Uh, specialisms are abilities that require a level of innate talent, training, or expert knowledge. And you have one specialism to start with, which starts at 30% and adds 2d10. Your health is a measure of the general well-being of your character. And to calculate your health, you add your toughness bonus, your willpower bonus, and then multiply the result by 2. There is no set equipment list, and players and the referee agree on what is plausible as a set of starting equipment your character and there are no incumbents rules you state where each item is carried and then you give your character a name and that is character creation there is a nice table 
to give you some example backgrounds and motivations if you're not good at coming up with your own. It explains what each of the abilities does. So you have your task roles, and this is the core mechanic of the game. The GM will tell you which ability or specialism that you are using for the task at hand, and the GM may alter that difficulty depending on whether the task is easy, normal, hard, or very hard. If normal, it's a straight roll. Easy is plus 20%. Hard is minus 20%. And very hard is a minus 40%. You look at your difficulty of your ability, alter it due to the difficulty modifier, and if you roll equal or less than that target, you have succeeded in your task. Otherwise, the task fails. A roll of 0 of 1 to 5% is always successful, and a roll of 96 to 100% is always a failure, except with opposed tasks. If you roll any double while you are making a roll, if it is a success, it is a critical success, and if it is a failure, it is a fumble. There are no set results for criticals and fumbles, but GMs and players are encouraged to come up with their own solutions. So the majority of your tasks are going to be straight task rolls. However, we also have opposed tasks, and this is when you are facing off against an adversary. So maybe you're trying to sneak around a guard, or you're trying to shove another character. So to do this, each of the people involved in the opposed task makes a task roll as usual, but other than being a pass and fail outcome, the two results are compared. A critical roll beats an ordinary success, an ordinary success beats an ordinary failure, and an ordinary failure beats a fumble. In the case of a tie, the highest roll wins if both are successful, and the lowest roll wins if both were unsuccessful. Now let's have a look at combat. So combat, there are two types of roles in combat. There's ranged task roll and opposed melee task roll. If you are shooting at someone, you use your range ability and roll against that. However, if you are making a melee uh, action, then you have an opposed roll against your opponent. When it comes to initiative, each combatant rolls a d10 and adds their agility bonus, and then they act in initiative order highest to lowest. Anyone that is tied acts simultaneously. Uh, movement is, uh, has been simplified, and on your turn you can make a move and an action, and you can take that action at any point in your movement phase. When carrying out melee attacks, the defender can either use the opposed melee ability and attempt to parry, or the agility ability, making an attempt to dodge. But in order to parry, you must have an appropriate weapon or shield to carry out that action. If your attack is successful, then the damage is calculated as the tennis dice from your roll, plus the net damage modifier due to the weapon, and minus the defender's armour. Any damage is deducted from the defender's health. When it comes to weapon, there's a list of sample weapons, and uh, they range from a damage modifiers for unarmed is zero, a dagger is plus two, a bow is plus three, all the way up to a rifle plus seven or a laser sword plus nine. When it comes to armor, there are diff several different types of armor from none up to futuristic armor, and each of them has a damage modifier between zero and minus six, and they also have an agility penalty. And this is a modifier to your any agility rolls. So if you're wearing no armor, you would have no um, penalty. However, if you're wearing something like plate, then your agility is at minus 
Uh, depending on your armor, the heavier your armor, the more movement penalty you have. Now, a standard unarmored character moves up to eight squares on a tactical grid. And these squares can represent whatever you want in your own measurements. So it can be feet, meters, yards, or whatever you decide at your table. So if you are moving at eight squares and you are wearing plate armor, then the movement penalty is minus three. So the heavier the armor, you are moving less. In that case, you'd only move five squares. There are rules for subduing, tactical withdrawal, and running away. And there's some examples of what you can use for your criticals as an attacker and defender, and your fumbles as an attacker and defender. And it may be such thing as your weapon is dropped, or you disarm your opponent, depending on what the roles are. When it comes to your health, when your health reaches zero, your character falls unconscious. And when your health reaches a negative value equal to your toughness bonus plus your willpower bonus, you die. You can recover health in a number of ways. Naturally, the rate of uh, increases your health by two per day or four if resting fully. Or you can also be increased by using specialisms, medicates and the like. Now, when it comes to powers, whether it be uh, psionics or magic, then these are specialisms. And this is a very freeform system for creating your powers. The referee and the player at the table will negotiate the power. First of all, the character describes the effect of using the power. Now, depending on its intensity, uh, its duration, and the scope of it, the referee will associate a health cost with it. And this is how much health that you will lose to cast that power successfully. If it's something really difficult or something really grand, the referee may also impose a difficulty modifier on it. And this goes back and forth between the players until they agree on what the final ruling is. The character makes a task roll against the relevant power, and if the task roll is successful, the power takes effect. Otherwise, nothing happens. And the cost in health is paid for by the character only after the effects of the character have been applied in full. If you make a critical roll while you're doing your power roll, then it only costs one health. And if you make a fumble, then maybe you cost you more health or something negative happens. There's a couple of pages of some example powers, uh, shape-shifting, spell-casting, and berserking to get you started. When it comes to improvements, every time you use an ability or a specialism, if it is successful, then you put a check mark against it, and there can only be one check mark against each of the abilities and specialisms. At the end of each play session, an experience roll is made for each ability or specialism that has an experience check against it. If you roll against it, and if you roll greater than the ability or specialism you used, it increases by 1d5%. So the greater your speciality or ability, then the harder it is to improve upon them. Characters can also gain new specialisms during the game, and that, whether that be through training or through some gift. Newly acquired specialisms start at 4d10%. There is a section covering non-player characters, and creating non-player characters for the referee is very much free form as well. There are no set ways to do it. And basically, you start with a description of the NPC or creature you are creating. Then you give them a background and motivation. Then you specify the NPC's base ability value. And this is, in a, is a percentage that you give to it, depending on how good you think it is. So, for example, if it is something like a 
weak goblin, you would give it a value of 20%. If it is a strong wizard, you might give it an ability of 80%. Depending on what you want for your NPC, on its based upon its description, background and motivation, you can modify any abilities and give them separate abilities. You can also add any specialisms that you think they may have and give them any innate characteristics. So for example, can they fly? Can they swim? That sort of thing. You calculate their health normally by adding their toughness and willpower bonuses and then multiplying the result by two. And you work out the movement based on a human. So a human moves eight squares. So you can take a look at the creature and if it's slower than a human, you give it less squares. If it's faster than a human, give it more squares and then give it any equipment that it may have and give any notes to add to it. And there are two example NPCs in the book. There is a goblin and its wolf. Uh, so for example, a goblin has a base value of 20%. It has special abilities of melee at 30%, toughness 30%, wolf handling 60%. It's innate characteristics are night vision. Its health is 10, its movements are seven, and its equipment includes leather armor, minus one, a spear, plus three, 1d5 coins, a wolf tooth necklace, a silver brooch, which has been stolen. So it's very easy to take lists from other books and create your own creatures. There is a short appendix with some optional rules, and this gives optional rules for creating um, non-human characters. An advantage and disadvantage system, which is basically you roll two 10 dice and a single units dice. And if you've got advantage, you take the best 10s. If you've got a disadvantage, you take the worst of the 10s dice. There's also a luck point system. And at the start of the game, you can start with a D5 minus one luck points, and you can use a luck point to reroll any task roll in the game. There's further suggestions for using insanity and corruption in your game, if you so wish, and further rules on uh, training and improvement for your character. And at the back of the book, we have a nice index so you can find everything. So that is Hack 100. And it really is a simple D100 system, which you can use for any genre. It doesn't take much to create your own weapons, your own armor, your own. You can even alter the abilities and specialisms to suit the genre you're looking at. So as always, I will leave a link in the show notes to where to get Hack 100. Do check it out and give the author some love. And as always, thanks for listening. And I'll catch you all on the flip side.